Jason is here. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net, and uh, we got more Star Wars news. I figured I would try to get it out of the way, so that way you guys could see it before the holiday, especially for the people that are traveling and like to watch stuff or listen to stuff. So I was like, you know what? I can wait for these until tomorrow, but I know a lot of people will be traveling tomorrow, so let's do it tonight. That's what I figured. And um, I don't think it'll be a long show or anything, but two articles dropped after this morning's Vanity Fair article. So if you didn't see the, the Vanity Fair thing, then you should definitely watch that last episode that we did with Bespin and Rob. And honestly, I didn't think Rob was going to be here today. I didn't even have my headphones in because it's, it's late Rob time. You've been trolled, people. There is no show. Go buy my <laughs> stuff. This is one big ad for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is there a Black Friday sale? No. Sketchscroft.com? Nope. Here's the deal. What? Um, after after Black Friday, I take all the stuff down until February because shipping prices go way up. So ah. really, it's just the last time to get anything from me. Until so your year. Black Friday deal is you even exist right now. That's a pop-up, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I roll, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I forgot to uh, mention, we got to go through sometime mm -hmm. all the Filoni's quotes in that Vanity Fair article because it, it's mm -hmm. it's great. There's just some great stuff in there. Oh, I mean, yeah, we could, I mean, if you want, depending on, on how fast this goes, we could hit that tonight, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Up to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just you got so caught up in green lights that I didn't, I didn't want to break that. Well, you know, it was, you know, it was. <laughs> yeah uh anyway watch the episode i'm telling you you don't it stuff doesn't get green light until it's time to make it it's good time um yeah but anyways uh let's let's uh share the the first article how do you do that you hit this button right here this is from bestman bolt and we'll be using bestman for both of these articles today actually we, we might not be able to do the vanity fair article because they might not let me read it again you know how they're dicks but I'll look. I'll look and try. I'm not saying we won't try. Cool. Unless you have it open. But um, Daisy Ridley has yet to read a script for Star Wars New Jedi Order movie. Believes it's the next film to release. So in April, Lucasfilm shocked Star Wars fans who were attending the Lucasfilm showcase at Star Wars Celebration by bringing up the lead of the Star Wars sequel trilogy, Daisy Ridley, and confirming she'll be leading the untitled Star Wars movie being directed by Charmaine Obeid Chinoy and written by Stephen Knight. Yeah, I just picked there's two stupidest things, Bespin. No, Peaky Blinders isn't, isn't the stupid one. Um, before we continue, you can give um, Bespin Patreon money by supporting him that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you read his site and it gives him a coffee, you can say, eat shit, Bespin. I hate you. Um, making Star Wars sends its regards. And then I do. machine gun sounds. And then uh, you can go ahead and put that. And uh, But also, you can become a channel member on this as well. That doesn't help Bespin at all. But you could become a channel member here. You could be a Patreon supporter here. And that helps me. If you want to half it and go even Stevens with me and him, I'll take it because he's a good friend. Is that a Shia LaBeouf reference? No, that was not an even Stevens reference. That dog killer. I'll right. never get, I'll, you know, people could people can make amends. And you could be like, it ain't my business now. Right? That could happen. But you kill dogs. You don't come back from killing the fucking dogs. Fuck you. All right. Though it was known Obeyed Chinoy was directing a Star Wars movie at the time and that Knight had recently stepped aboard, replacing Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson 
as the writer, it was unknown what the story would focus on and who would lead the project. Obeyed Chinoy, Ridley, and Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy revealed to the audience that the flick would see Ridley's Rey Skywalker building a new Jedi Order 15 years after the events of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. So, kind of forgot about that 15-year mark for some reason. But anyways, during, during interviews after the Lucasfilm showcase, Kennedy revealed that Stephen Knight was due to submit a draft of the script in mid-May. Who fucking knows if he did? However, on May 2nd, the Writers Guild of America strike began, which to me, once again, sounds like, oh yeah, we they knew that was going to happen. They were building TV shows around it. They had so, no clue, Jason. So just, that just... was, yeah, <laughs> that, that was obviously telling Knight, yeah, just fucking start and just give us what you got on, you know, the, the night before the strike, probably. However, on May 2nd, the Writers Guild of America strike began, and this meant Knight was not able to perform writing duties on the project until the strike concluded, which it would not do until September. Though not mentioned, many assumed that Knight likely did not submit his completed first draft before the strike began and thus couldn't work on it until the end, until end of September. It's probably true. Reports from Jeff Snyder pointed out that in April 2024, uh, filming start date for the movie, with Lucasfilm hoping to cast or begin casting by Labor Day, September 4th of this year. Due to the WGA strike and the SAG after strikes, this did not come to fruition. At this time, it is unknown when production is looking to start, and it is also unknown if Knight has submitted a draft of his script following the WGA strike, which ended almost two months ago. Whether hey, or not... Yeah. What's up, dude? I got a theory about this. Okay. So... Suck it to me. I'm not saying... Mr. Knight is a poor person. I'm sure he's doing quite well. Oh, Knight's but, rich as fuck. Right. But you, you think maybe this was a way to get him some money before the strike so he wouldn't be so hard up, you know? Like, no? Nah, I'm pretty sure no? he's I, I don't think he's he's at that at the level where you need you need to like do him a solid like that. Um right. it might have been, you know, about the deal. I mean, I, I think everybody they can't no one could say this, but they tacitly know that writing it happens in the head first and then it's put to the page from there so stephen knight being on it even during the strike is an advantage knight coming aboard after the strike would be a disadvantage in comparison cut to stephen knight playing Fortnite for 180 something days yeah. not giving one shred of thought no, to the subject no, that, no <laughs> that's where you think the deep thoughts man that's where you look into the abyss and the abyss looks back bro all right. So whether or <laughs> you not mean the the promotion for the Abyss 4K looks like for back the Abyss 4K, it's going yeah. December 6th. yeah, it's, it's just a character with the yeah. stupid pattern yeah. that water thing. We're, we're not getting paid is. for this, but uh, go yeah. see the Abyss uh, one day, December six. December six. <laughs> I might, yeah, I might 6th. go. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna look. Are there, are the tickets normal price? Or are they like cheap tickets, like five bucks? No, they're, they're normal price. No. And I heard in LA they're selling out. I'd go check that. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't go to LA, but I know what you mean. All right. Whether or not Knight has submitted a script remains to be unseen, but one person who's not not read a script is the film's lead, Daisy Ridley. Ridley, who's currently promoting the release of her latest film, The Marsh King's Daughter, which underperformed at the box office and currently dons, dons a 37% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, spoke oh. briefly with Collider. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I just coughed up my coffee. <laughs> All right. Daisy Ridley shared that she's very excited about the film, naturally, and she knows what the story of it is. Despite knowing what's the planned stories for the film, Ridley shares that she's still 
waiting to read a script for the project, but teased that the story itself is unexpected. Oh, and before we get into this, one weird thing about about this thing, though, because it might come up, just wanted to hit on it, is Ridley had been aboard for a very long time. And she was aboard when it was, when um, I think it was Jeff Snyder who said that it was an old Ray movie in that Lindelof script. And that right there to me has been a big what the fuck about this movie. What is, what actually, like, what what's the, what's, what's the deal? I mean, it could just be wrong. It's possible, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. And um, on that, she was aboard during that time. So did Lucasfilm just say, oh, fuck it. We don't care what they're doing. We're going to bring back Daisy Ridley and change directions. Just let them finish. That's completely possible. Like, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, on the flip side of it, though, that doesn't necessarily make the most sense if we assume everybody's being reasonable. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's super fucking strange. It's just like a super strange well, uh, um, deal there. And it, but it, when she's, what she's talking about, if she hasn't read Knight's draft would be Lindelof's story is what she's hearing about. And um, so what also, what the fuck there is, are they still doing the old Ray thing, but are they going to let Daisy Ridley get aged up instead of aged down? You know, like we used to always see that no. like in the eighties, no. remember Winona Ryder, fucking Sarah Connor. Like they loved uh, the back to the future part two movies. They loved like making or back to the future, even uh, old young people old. They have, they haven't done that in forever. It's been like kind of weird. So I'm kind of wondering like if they're just moving away from the idea entirely, or if, if there's still something to it, because that seems to be kind of an integral part of the story in a way. So I'm kind of like just sort of, well, I think my head about, the, about this development, right? You know, in general, if, if I were to put two bucks down on it, I think the original story shit was 51 years later what? and then they just went 15. They just flipped it over. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? When they had Helen Mirren, okay. they're 51 years and then they get Daisy Ridley. They're like, <laughs> oh, 15, you know? Yeah. So I just want to answer this real quick. Bun sauce likes to go. Hey, Rob, I think James Cameron is overrated thoughts. My answer to that would be go make a Terminator or Aliens film and get back to me because no one else but James Cameron can seem to do it at this point. So. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So she says, uh, Daisy really says, the story is really cool. Um, I, I, I like how you were like, had to get the James Cameron thing in before the Daisy really quote. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So she says, the story is really cool. I'm waiting to read a script because obviously I don't have any other updates. It's not what I expected, but I'm very excited. Daisy Ridley by Collider. So unexpected, and I'm I I have to say if uh, if Daisy Ridley training like two dark skinned Jedi knights uh, about the Force and didn't know that was unexpected to her, that I'm like or, you know is it or I don't know what it would take to to not surprise her. So what we've heard about this movie is very shallow in my opinion. Like I don't mean that as like a dig. It's fucking any news on this thing is 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 fucking amazing. But it has to be like, there has to be something else going on to the climate of the story. You know what I mean? That what we, if it's that just can't fathom? Mm-hmm. What if it's just Ray who continually burying lightsabers in the desert, <laughs> and then you know, years later, the people dig them all up, and then that's how they start. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, what's this? And people are killing themselves with them and stuff. One guy's doing sushi with them. He's <laughs> like, and they're like, what's going on? And One then, guy's like, I could cut up a, uh, a a sand tuna, right? Remember the then, sand tunas? Yeah, the sand tunas, <laughs> doing sand sushi. 
and then and then at the very end of it it turns out that's actually the first jedi what it looped blew my mind uh though ridley oh, knows it's the like plan. loki <laughs> no, though, though ridley i don't I, I didn't watch the end thanks for spoiling it asshole i'm kidding uh, i didn't uh i so, don't watch the end yet i'm going to though no, uh, anyways though ridley knows the planned story for the upcoming film she also doesn't know if it'll be only one story to feature ray skywalker she shares that she doesn't know if there's more films to come for her and and doesn't want to commit to saying uh there's only one but at this time it's all that she's aware of there's only Lin- one no <laughs> th- there isn't just, that's no that's no, it no, they're done no yeah. more star wars yeah no no that's that's the uh the uh, thing about it is is in my opinion uh i'm not saying anybody got the job for the second movie or something like that but when you're putting together a writer's room on a on a film at, at a point when you actually did already had two writers and one's lindelof and one's gibson for gibson then you kind of um what's what's the other shit about what's going on with that like i have to think that yet they were working on where does this go if it goes anywhere and because how do you make the right choices in this movie if it does if it ends up being successful and you need to go somewhere so i think that and i'm not like i said i think and i think that's what she's jumping around she's like because it's obvious if the first film's successful they'll they'll do the next one so it's going to be a self-contained sequel approachable film yeah the harry potter movies were pretty popular right jason oh yeah yeah all right. Do you yeah. think there's benefit or even a possibility that they would just stick to one book series and then just start adapting those? You know? No. Like, no? I don't think so because the uh, problem with that Star Wars has is it doesn't have that eight book series that's so that's beloved and great and good well they'd have to and, trim all the books out and just do one book series that's the thing mm-hmm. there's there's two yeah. scatterbrain at this point you know like they'd have to be like here's the main character this is the thing yeah blah 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 blah. you know what uh, if they they wrote mm-hmm. that book series and then never publish it they just release it internally and they make everyone read it and then adapt and then it. yeah that would be so yeah. sought after i get it I, i'd have a copy um but <laughs> I, I would i'd make sure to get that but i i think um i think that we could see something like a high republic initiative be the first thing to do something closer to that a prequel a prequel you know or or we could end up seeing stuff from the from those books end up in those tv shows and that here's my problem with the high republic fundamentally speaking right yeah that we both haven't read it mostly <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter to me the, the, fundamentally well it's kind right? of, i don't even kind care of, that's kind of fundamental that we do read them at some point uh-huh. if we we're going to yeah the problem them. is at the end of the day palpatine still takes over and wins no, so it's just a prequel to the prequels like it no, doesn't really no that this is this is just like tony gilroy's thing remember when they asked gilroy what's it like writing a character who dies so well, we're all gonna fucking die yeah. <laughs> i mean it's the yeah same but thing. if tony gilroy was writing the high republic then i'd be interested no, but i just rob the people know. the the, uh, the uh, people in this in these stories will likely be dead by the time palpatine takes over mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 at least 50 years before palpatine yeah but in star wars 50 years is not 50 years our time it's like 150 years because look at clone wars 100 episodes like 50 years lord of the rings time you know it's so like, so that's what i'm saying going. so right there i'm saying it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if that palpatine eventually wins or any of that stuff um because the whole thing, when these these serialized stories, you never defeat evil; you keep it at bay. 
And if we end with the end with the High Republic era being about these certain people who did keep the Sith at bay for 150 years, that is a see triumph. if it took place like I don't know, like a hundred thousand years before, and it had a totally different look. I could get into it. I just think it's just like Milktoast prequel stuff, just dudes in white robes, and you know. But that's space stations. But that's all. That, that's all from a book cover from a book publisher who yeah. doesn't pay mm-hmm. for very good art. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it doesn't it doesn't well, really pertain. Makes a difference. No, I I've read a few of the books and I don't think they're very good. They're not for me, anyways. You know? So you have read them? Not all of them, though. So I can't go and and, and I read and the Ronin. Like, I like that. That that to me. Yeah, is like, but Rob, well, you ever bought a stack of comics and then like you read the first ones and they're shit and then it gets really really there's good only one and Ronin shit book. again. There's no more. Like, no, I'm know. saying like, but that's 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 what it's like. From I'm sure if I read them all, there's probably probably hits a streak at some point. Is the streak good? I don't know. Well, what I'm talking about is like a Harry Potter type. They need like a specific character that you know. These that takes don't place even, in the era. They're kind of selling the era, you these know. People, like, yeah, oh. don't even want to put their fucking characters on their posters before they put them out. Right. Like, like they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna sell the yeah. book first. But it's right. also they're fucking stupid because if they did, they'd be making that sweet spoiler cash. You know what I mean? Right. Um. <laughs> I mean, I and they would sell more books. I read the Phantom Menace novel because I got to read it on May third, nineteen ninety nine. Way, way, way before May nineteenth. And I couldn't wait. I was so excited to like do it. And um, today, you, when you release the novelization, like a year after, I don't give a fuck. You know, it's, they're weird. But yeah, that's weird putting a novelization a year after the movie comes out. <laughs> like, yeah. Is... On the yeah. Uh, the uh, Last Jedi's one, it, I, you know, I give it though. I give it credit because of Ryan's input to it. Like the the words you were reading in there are from the director. That one has as a novel has more canon to it than I probably any other star Wars novel, because Fair like the, the adaptations of the films, what's on screen is canon. The loop dream. Yeah. What's not, isn't when it mentions right. ducks, <laughs> something like that, you know? Right. But I think the Ryan Johnson book is likely canon from start to finish. Uh, anyways, though, or unless JJ fucked it up, I can't remember. Though Ridley knows the planned story for the upcoming film, she also doesn't know if it'll be the only one to feature Rey Skywalker. She shares that she doesn't know if there's more... Oh, I already read that. I'm sorry. She goes on to say, I know the storyline of one film. That's not to say that's all it is, but that's what I was told about. So that right there is also a weird acknowledgement, you know? That sounds like they're doing films. the same thing they did before, where they just kind of make one up at a time, and we'll see where it goes. But once again, I gotta say that 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 story room that was put together doesn't necessarily make sense unless they hired a story group, um, you know, a story gang or whatever to help work out like some issue they were having with the story itself. But if that's accurate, maybe, and maybe that wasn't even accurate in the end, maybe that was actually incorrect or something, but yeah, it's weird, man. Um, but also with like, with the timeline we were talking about, they do have time. The movie will come out. It'll be made good or bad, but it, but it could be made under the same circumstances as the sequel trilogy with its back up against the wall. You know, that's, yeah, that's what it's feeling like. That's what it might be, but we just don't know how much of that initial development is carrying over. 
And when one story is that Ray was like a fucking geriatric, like old ass person, and then they're changing that to not being the case. I don't think that's just like, oh, and we simply changed 81 to 18 or something like that, or whatever your joke was earlier. 51 like, to 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like that because I mean, that's just a pretty easy fix of just, we're just going to change this thing. And you're still the writer, Lindelof. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. All right, as mentioned earlier in the article, um, reports pointed towards an April start for the Ray film before the industry grinded to a halt with the WGA and sang out to strikes. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Lucasfilm have two Star Wars movies for 2026, one in May and the second in December. It's been long believed that the Ray film would be the first to release, taking the aforementioned May date. Ridley herself told Collider that she imagines it'll be the next Star Wars film to be released, meaning May 2026. But at the moment, she does not know how quickly things will start back up on the project now that we're on the other side of the strikes. She says, I imagine it'll be the next film to release. I think, I mean, again, I don't know post-strikes and everything, how quickly things will start up again. But that was the plan. I would, st I still think that that would be the plan because... Mr. Filoni has to uh, make some TV shows before that other film and stuff. I just don't see how, you know, her movie gets the next slot and his moves up. That just seems highly unlikely. I'm glad like, this... I could really use the money. Please get into production as soon <laughs> yeah. as possible. <laughs> I'm glad to see really... Uh, I'm down to ever... six pence. That's all I yeah. have. <laughs> oh, no. It's Peter Rabbit money. It's all I got. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to see Ridley somewhat confirmed she's been reported for what's been reported for quite some time from various outlets, including myself, that the Red Skywalker film is planned to be the next Star Wars theatrical release and first since the device of Ray of Skywalker. Hopefully we get more significant updates on the flick by the year's end, as you'd assume that Lucasfilm and Disney would still be hoping to start filming by the end of 2024 ahead of the planned 2026 release. And and that and double that, double P media says Rob, what's the point of this stupid World War One movie, nineteen seventeen, when you know Hitler's going to take over in World War Two? I know, right? You got yeah. he, uh, that. That's my point too. That's my <laughs> He's point. obviously never watched Black Adder, but okay. <laughs> and Luke Luke's VR world is in is in the chat. Hello, my son. All right, so yeah, when it when it comes to to this story, um, in in particular, like like daisy does go and just says what what's up like it, it seems pretty upfront to me on on that one you know and uh i do think if it if it's i think it's this what we're seeing is more of a confirmation of when when is that lightsaber a little big looks a little on the big side don't you think do you know why <laughs> no seriously do you know why no i don't max um it's her staff it's her staff hilt. Oh, that's right. And so yeah. they had to build the lightsaber into that if they wanted, you know, wanted to make it a one-to-one. Yeah, -one. It's a little too. You yeah. just slim that down a bit. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm going to bet that this lightsaber that everybody's making a big deal about, I bet you we never see it on screen again. Just, to, right. just an opinion that in the 15 years of all of that stuff, she's her thing will be, her lightsaber will be different. And it would I love be the, uh, practical for the film's design and stuff like that, you know? I love the Daredevil series, but uh, the last episode of the first season of Daredevil, the very yeah. last episode, he has that red outfit, and it's fucking horrible. <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> it's not good. 
Like okay. it's just real clunky looking. You're like, oh, what are you? What is? It? But they fix it with season two, so it's like you know, okay. same suit. They just slimmed it. They just made a better version of it. You know? Yeah. So everything's yeah. you know fixable. So. All right. Here we go. This one. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna get. I don't think is it greenlit get... or not greenlit, Jason? Is it greenlit? Oh. <laughs> is it not greenlit? <laughs> it's apparently greenlit. Um. <laughs> No, he texted me. He's like, I'm fucking tired of writing about this fucking game at this point. And, this <laughs> and I, I I was like, yeah, I'm I'm a bit over it too. But it's been so back and forth. I don't even think we got to the last iteration, Rob, that it was canceled. Oh, no. <laughs> that was when um Jeff or was it no, who was it? it? Wasn't Jeff Grubb, right? Was it Jeff Grubb who said it was better than dog shit? Uh, we were on Santa's show talking about it, I think. I, I can't remember. Yeah, well yeah, I, can't remember. I think it was the grub. And I and he said it was deader than dog shit, and and um, that there was just no one working on the game and so on. But I'm sure it'll be in this article. Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic remake is still currently in active development by Bespin Bulletin. This is the last story of the of the day uh, that came that hit earlier. He says, "I feel so sorry for for fans eager eagerly awaiting the Knight of the Old Republic remake." It seems like every couple of months, a story about the game getting scrapped and shortly followed by uh, um, another claim that it is still being alive and kicking. However, this past week must have been like receiving a whiplash. Um, towards the tail end of last week, reliable industry insider Jeff Grubb, it was the Grubb, shared on his Grub podcast, hub. Game Mess Mornings, and the the clip, I, I heard the clip uh, Bespin sent it to me, and it's pretty pretty fucking funny when I heard it. They're like, better than dog shit. Um, that Sony and PlayStation were looking to step away from the game's production and that they wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. In addition, Grubb said, the game, Knights of the Old Republic Remake, is not being worked on right now, just full stop. The game is not being worked on by any studio. Before hammering home the lack of development on the title, proclaiming that the game was deader than dog shit. Which, by the way, I, I did get to turn on Santa's show for one second while he was hitting this part. And it was fun watching Sa Star Wars Santa not say deader than dog oh, shit. Oh, 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 just deader than dead. Oh, 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 deader than dead. Oh, yeah, that's the that's what I'm going to use. I'm never, definitely not going to say deader than dog shit. Oh, oh, oh. And I was like, okay, Santa. After Grubb's comments made headlines There's over the so week. many jokes like hold on, there's so many jokes I could make, but they'll all hurt Santa's feelings. Oh, poor it. Santa. It's, I got I got so many of them, Jason, but I like them. I don't want to do it. You know? <laughs> dog shit. After yeah. Grubb's comments made headlines over the weekend, the journalist and podcaster returned to his YouTube show to clarify his comments. Grubb reaffirmed his stance on the Sony PlayStation side of things, cementing that they wanted to step away from the project. Grubb added that he believes that without the funding from Sony that the title could not be produced, and for that reason, he believes the game to be dead, and for there to be no reason for anybody working on it under KOTOR's remake publisher, Embracer Group. Quote, Sony is wanting to be done with it. My stuck comes from PlayStation. It feels like it cannot happen without a partner like Sony. Sony seemed to be out. With funding pulled, to me, it's definitely done and no reason for anyone to be working on it. Jeff Grubb. So the podcaster went on to add that he doesn't know what's going on at Embracer Group and that if the game were to be made without Sony's involvement and funding, that Embracer <laughs> would need to find an investor or partner to make it happen. Grubb added that despite Sony looking to pull out of the game's production, Lucasfilm is horny to make the project happen. 
Yeah. Um, and that brings us to today. Me, where... so Kotor. So, so Kotor. Yeah, right. So Kotor. <laughs> so, um, so Bestman writes, arguably the most trustworthy video game journalist and insider, Jason Schreier, took to Reset Era to respond to the comments made by Grubb over the past few days and to share what he's heard in relation to the KOTOR remake. Schreier shared that he's spoken to two sources at Saber Interactive. The studio okay. were said to be working on the project, taking it over from Aspire, and that those sources claim that they were still working on the eagerly anticipated project. Is it alive? And will it ever come out? Are two very different questions. A third is if it ever does come out, what does it look like? That said, I've talked to two people at Sabre who both say they're currently working on it. So I don't believe the comment that it isn't being worked on in any way right now is true. Jason Schreier. So first, then Bespin writes, personally, I was looking forward to the Night of the Republic remake, but with all the development drama surrounding the title and the constant headlines of the game being dead and then seemingly not, it's truly sucked any joy and excitement I had for the project dry. Maybe one day we'll get a definitive cancellation statement and I can just rest easy. Perhaps the game will see the light of day, but I'm sure if released, that'll come with a new batch of issues, headline and drama, as with most Star Wars media. At the end, he just fucking gave up, dude. At the end, he just quit. <laughs> like, at the end, Bestman just, like, literally fucking quits life. He just fucking takes the Ambien and gets in the bath and just, like, It's just breaking, goodbye. Jason. Jason, this just breaking. KOTOR is now a live service game. Attitude just exploded. <laughs> oh, no. Attitude. <laughs> oh, man. You serious? Hey, you've been watching what we do in the Shadow Season 5? Mm, I'm not current on it, no. They posit the question, Jason. This ties in. Also. They posit the question, what happens if you get vampired twice? You know how you right. bite a vampire, a vampire bites you? Yeah, yeah. What happens if you do it again? <laughs> yeah. You know? And let's well, just say it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. They, 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 they do that in um, the Anne Rice books. Yeah, um, not like this. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And the, in the Anne Rice books, when they do it, they the weaker one would get a power up, essentially. Mm. I, I'm, yeah. I'm simplifying it a bit, but yeah, that's basically what happens. Yeah, it's there. a power up, sort of like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's look at the primary document. Um, oh yeah. So really quickly before we get there. Um, yeah. On on Kotor, my take is pretty much the uh, same. You know, I feel the same. I don't believe anything um, Embracer Group's making is coming out, dude. Right. Like, I, I'm I'm skeptical of anything. I think that is much like it's just one of these giant groups these hedge fund style groups you know these conglomerates like deep silver and everything else that went and bought up all these studios mm -hmm. i think are they publicly traded embracer group because it what looks to know? me like one of those things where you buy a bunch of things like you know when a podcast company buys all these podcasters and then decides to release stock to make their stock portfolio look good yeah you know and then they you know they cash in and dump the stock yeah like it's just it reeks of that sort of stuff you know yeah yeah when it, allegedly I mean, well you know it when you when you don't want to share anything about the development process of your stuff when it's high profile and you don't do any behind the scenes stuff or any developer updates or anything like that this is what you get yeah and, and like kotor a remake of kotor is as big as someone was saying we're remaking dude they're doing a remake of metal gear 3 metal gear solid 3 you know and it's like it don't look great to me but there, there's you know there's stuff there 
And if they were remaking Ocarina of Time, which would be as big a thing as this um, to the fans, and then mm-hmm. Nintendo just refused to ever talk about it, and it's you hear it's canceled, not canceled, no one wants to, you'd be real yeah. skeptical too, right? Like yeah. it's weird. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Ari asks, isn't Steven, oh yeah, I was going to say, uh, but you know, if they, you know, they're kind of damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, but I think that you can have the bullshit sort of spinning in a positive place instead of a negative place by by being like a little forthcoming. And since you've already announced it, if they hadn't announced right. it and all this was happening, I would have a little bit more empathy that like they never said they were ready to talk about it. But yeah, at the same time, like they did announce it. Yeah, they, they did. They did finance at Filoni's and we want to talk about it because it was, it was pretty weird. But Arya asked, um, isn't Stephen Knight the type of writer to do content that's Andor level? Uh, I personally don't think so. No. Um, he either did something so Filoni like or something Tony Gilroy would do. Um, you know, I think he's an okay, I think he's a pretty like solid like writer, but at the same time, the stuff he writes isn't anything I love. And um, if you look at, you know, Peaky Blinders is probably his most accessible thing is good. I like the idea behind that, uh, that, that uh, World War Two, you know, about the because whole like something rebels. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about these like the, the guys who would just make mischief and anarchy kind of like behind enemy lines just to be assholes. And I like the concept of it, but um, it didn't floor me. It didn't. You know, I, I did like a night of research on him watching his stuff and i was just like yeah you know i mean he might deliver a fine star wars thing with if it's a good premise uh if it's not a solid premise though you know then i probably from what i've seen care. of peaky blinders i haven't watched all of it but from what i've watched of it it's not at the same level as a boardwalk empire in my opinion like so no even then you know no yeah no no it, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely um not um at all even close to boardwalk empire and that's that's right. the other thing about it is i've seen all of this stuff a lot i've seen i've seen all of these other shows and when i watched his show i wasn't like oh this is at that level so there's a lot there's a lot of people just that whose names we don't even know at the top of our heads that i would be fine with writing it, most of the writers off of boardwalk empire would be great to have on star wars so yeah. Um, Bestman says Arya has clearly never seen Knight's work. It's in my opinion, and to quote the great Jeffy Grub Grub, dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's dog shite or dog shit? No, I mean I mean in it's it's not like it's not like awful writing though. That's that's the whole thing. He might be a very good writer to take over something that was that's already been established by the by other writers, like from not from draft one. He might be somebody who comes in and is like, oh, you know. I wouldn't say streamlines because I wouldn't say his stuff is usually very streamlined either, but we'll see. It's going to be a weird You just can't movie. tell with Star Wars, though, Jason. I mean, you know, Chris Tario worked on Argo or whatever, you know, like won an Oscar or got nominated or something for that shit. Then yeah. he pumps out, you know, Justice League and Rise of Skywalker. So and now just... our opinion of him is deader than dog shit. Yeah, I want to <laughs> never see his... I want to see his name attached, attached to genre-based filmmaking like i want to see the word rise in front of anything ever again, yeah you know dude that's fucking cool man you're right dude like like yeah. i love i love when the title is like rise of the back to the future rise <laughs> of indiana jones everybody you know go is it true they make it silver surfer a woman i'm like well he was a man in rise of the silver surfer mm-hmm. and how well that fucking movie go yeah yeah <laughs> fucking rise of the steve urkel you know and now I do want Steve Urkel in Fortnite. I would buy that day one. 
<laughs> Day one, bro. No, the whole I, pack. I, I, you know, and if his email was, did I do that? Oh man, that'd be yes. so great. And the robot and Stefan. Oh, Stefan yeah. could be his alt alt skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We gotta we gotta get this out. Uh, we gotta the, do it. You know that the main character's name is Jonesy in in the game. Like, we're one of the main characters in Fortnite. Like, this yeah, like the I'm same guy. That, yeah. yeah, he's Jonesy. And I was like, doesn't make Indiana Jonesy? They never would do it though. Never would fucking make Indiana Jonesy. But anyway, they made uh, two Uncharted. Figure that one. Out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. So the article from earlier, Dave Filoni has a new mission in the Star Wars universe um, after Ooh. guiding. Wait, yeah, this is it, right? Yeah. This is the Vanity Fair article. Yeah. So, so you got to set this one up, Jason. You're just jumping right into it. Okay. Wait, well, what do you what, I mean, we, we covered it earlier well, this is the, the investment bulletin, but. This is but the today, Vanity Fair announcement of Dave Filoni being chief creative officer. Or, well, he likes to call it Cuckoo, right? Cuckoo. <laughs> Right, CCL, right? He goes around all the offices doing it. Fucking drives Kathy nuts, dude. That's that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dave Filoni. This is this is the Bandy Pair article. Dave Filoni has a new mission in the Star Wars universe after guiding Rosario's force-wielding hero to distant celestial realms in the first season of Ahsoka. The writer, producer, director who started out working alongside George Lucas on the animated Clone Wars show nearly two decades ago has ascended to a new position at Lucasfilm, one that will give him input into all the galactic storytelling going forward. Input. Yeah, so that's that's like the first thing where you kind of get, get the idea of why this, is, this article is significant about the future of Star Wars, even though it's, uh, I think it's, it's a little bit tame. It, there's no reason this came out now other than I guess the writer strike was over and Vanity Fair could get the last of the quotes from people, maybe. I have no idea. Do you think they were sitting on this story the whole time during the strike, or this is new information? Then I, I'm guessing. I mean, I would just assume that if this was, I mean, this is by Anthony Bresnik, and they would only, uh, they would always use him when he was at EW, um, you know, Entertainment Weekly, um, to, to to promote their Star Wars content. Now that they jumped over to Vanity Fair, they're continuing that same relationship. I would have to assume that this was intended to be part of the Ahsoka um, push. And I've noticed that in the last week, we've been having this artificial right. like push, like it's like it's just coming out today kind of thing using the actors and, th- and this stuff. So that's, that's my, that's my reading on it is it's just like, can we get a little bit more out of this with the actors now? Cause we basically paid them to do it. And then they're just, I guess, talking to vanity fair about it and, that's I don't know that, that that's the only sense I can make out of it, but in the past a lot of projects I would be brought into I would see it after it had already developed a good ways, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I'd see that after you know I look at it and go you shouldn't have done that I just have to tell him I just said you shouldn't have done that you've been real bad <laughs> you've been real bad <laughs> you being naughty don't do that again <laughs> yeah yeah demerit you know <laughs> demerit yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if people don't know, if, um, if Lucasfilm gets too many demerits, Dave Filoni will not have Naughty by Nature at the Lucasfilm Christmas party this year. So, oh. um, yeah, yeah. Oh, SoundCloud rappers, it is. <laughs> you know? Filoni will now be more direct. Will now work more directly with Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy, and this is something. This is like a, a relationship that we've seen and them working together a lot more. And it, her talking about it around the time of celebration, she was starting to say it. So that was probably because they were about to announce this. You know, they were getting close to 
this official this official uh, promotion or whatever. And alongside Carrie Beck, a veteran so, producer turned head of development. Here's mm-hmm. a question I have for you. Is Carrie Beck replacing Michelle Rejuan? Was that the same role? Not not really, because when you when you look at um when you look at the, at least I don't think so, because when you look at the amount of um VPs in that position that have like a very similar title, they there's a lot. There's several. Like uh one's one's name is I think Gupta. And she's from like Netflix and she's like like doing that but for live action. So I kind of I have a feeling that they just almost played to their strengths. Like we have this person you know, from Netflix, blah, blah, blah. She becomes the VP of live action development, something, something. And they just kind of like. Kathy walks those... down the hallway. That one's good at TV. And that one's good at games. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, yeah. but, I mean, yeah. I mean, in, in a way, but it's like, so I don't think it's like straight up like she is taking that, but, but she did go and they probably do have that space. So maybe that is what happened, but Carrie Beck has been work, but you know, has been Filoni's producer for years. Um, so so now she's a producer turned head of development and to originate and shepherd the next generation of Star Wars shows and movies. So that would probably mean that like we we take what we know up to like Lando and then probably anything that's coming after that will probably be something that Carrie Beck puts into play um, in theory. Rangers of the High Republic. Rangers of the Old Republic, Old New Republic. <laughs> after spending many years involved in the creation of and once once again pet peeve man so dumb to call things new republic and old republic because there's going to be republics coming before it and after it forever because they're going to keep continuing to make new eras and doing shit forever so it's just going to seem stupid that like you don't know it would be like calling like fucking the 1970s the new era and then we're like well and after that it's 1980 you know it's just you got you got to come up with a better way I don't know. Stupid. All right. Yeah, they come up with a great title and just label it by the era. Did we? Um, did Jason pause or did I pause? Who paused? I, I just brain farted for a second. I didn't okay. pause. You did um, that right at your mouth open. It was great. Oh, uh, he became increasingly involved in live action as a producer with John Favreau on the Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett. In this new role, it opened up to it opened up to basically everything that's going on. Filoni says. We're planning the future of what we're doing now. I'm involved at the inception phase. I like to incept the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I like, put them uh, in the noggins. yeah, I mean, like, yeah. when you just like look at that, though, from like, like a real, just like basic place, um, you know, like Dave Filoni knows Anakin, right? He knows him, he knows what's expected of that story. If episode nine, uh huh, I do, had, had been, mm-hmm. well, if, if episode nine had been a, like Floney had been there from its inception, he might mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, these voices and no Anakin isn't going to work with the fans." Just so you know, what you're doing is generally not going to play exactly how you think. I think that's would what I would that. say. How did you know? I'd also well, say a forty yeah. year old Anakin don't work, dumbass. You can't be doing that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just turns yeah. around. He's old as shit. Not my show. Mm-mm, we don't do that there. Um, that was kind of under your 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 watch, Filoni. Though. Oh, it was my bad. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of <laughs> you're, you're kind of you know guilt guilty by association on that one. Sorry. Oh no, I must but, have been looking at Twilight again. But I didn't pay attention. to your to your credit, you 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 sneaky little devil. When it came time for yours, and it can mm-hmm. look like he was the right age. He didn't look like he was a forty four year old, nineteen year old. 
So, no, and I had butts in my show, Jason. <laughs> you did have a lot of butts in your show, dude. Yeah. Um, the news comes a little over a month after the conclusion of Ahsoka, an eight-episode Disney Plus series that explored how Dawson's Jedi grappled with her legacy of being trained by Anakin Skywalker, the mentor who became the galactic tyrant Darth Vader. Now, oh, sorry, due to the long-running Hollywood strikes, neither Filoni nor Dawson were able to speak about how the about the show when it debuted. In, Vanity, in a Vanity Fair exclusive, both of them are now free to discuss the changes the show brought to the broader Star Wars universe, both on screen and behind the scenes. Hayden Christensen, who returned to play the spirit of Anakin Skywalker in Ahsoka, also spoke about reprising his role from the prequel films and what the series says about how Darth Vader reckons with his own terrible history in the galactic afterlife. And Natasha Lee Berdizzo, who plays Sabine Wren, the Mandalorian troublemaker, uh troublemaker, who, became, who becomes Ahsoka's own Jedi trainee. <laughs> yeah, rascal. All right, address the ways Ahsoka opens up uh, this world to a new generation of fans by sim- by simultaneously embracing tradition and trying to forge new storylines. Yeah, I heard that Filoni was like, like if you look at the lineage, Count Dooku wrote a rascal, and she's going to be one. And they're like, okay, all right. Hard to argue with, Dave. Are you reading my notes again, Jason? How'd you know? Yeah, you, yeah, know? you know what? You're, you're, you know what, dude? You're promoted for that. Promoted, I say. His All original right, so. name was Count Segway, but I talked George out of it. <laughs> you just learned a lot from Dave in general, I think, Bordizo says. I know that, that he's traditional in the sense of how he's learned from so much from George. He has these pillars of storytelling that are dear to him, and then everything else can be untraditional. So, yeah, I, I like just, this one. Hold on, hold on. I like this one. Like, okay. This is great. Take it, Dave. I'm not telling people what to do. Floney says. Feel, <laughs> but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story they want to tell. I need to help across the galaxy here. Like a part of the Jedi Council almost. Like I'm part of the Jedi Council. He described his responsibilities as <laughs> understanding the intent of the filmmakers and being a resource to them based on his mentorship under Lucas himself and his, his years spent stirring the Clone Wars, Rebels, and Ahsoka. <laughs> literally hours of star wars storytelling i have done see i even speaks like yoda i even He's... phrased it like yoda <laughs> <laughs> he said before pausing to rethink his syntax <laughs> yep True. i'm just like the jedi council jason i just try to warn people who hayden christensen might fuck on set every day you know what I mean? <laughs> we, can't, we can't leave him alone with anybody he might get you <laughs> oh, man. wait till people Especially... realize he's he's baby yoda I'm baby One time, he, he, Christensen was in heat, and he wanted to hump Plo Koon. I had to stop him. It was going to be really bad. You know what I mean? We can't have that on set, Hayden. You got to wait till you get yeah. to the gas lamp to do that. Yeah. And just just stop braiding your, braiding your pubic hair into Jedi Pato and braids and showing people floating at the end. It ain't right. Okay. I oh. tries to get Hadamon, Padawan blades braids. I was trying to get Padawan braids in GTA, but they wouldn't listen to me, Jason. I was like, you know what goes good with the cornrow is a Padawan braid. <laughs> That's fair. At the Star Wars Celebration fan convention this past spring, a number of new projects were announced by Kennedy, including a feature film from Filoni that would help bridge the decades-long gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, a hmm. space that Mandalorian oops, sorry, and Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka are already busy filling. Filoni will continue to develop his film as well as exploring and 
exploring a possible second season of Ahsoka while serving in his new position. Hmm. What, what, what position is that, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kama Sutra Skywalker position. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, to truly help filmmakers, it's really important for me to experience it firsthand. He says. (laughs) I could also learn a new perspective on the challenges that telling these stories are present. I feel more capable of actually being a help outside of just saying, well, you know, Jody should just use Jody. (laughs) Jedi should just (laughs) Jody takes girl. Jedi should just do this and Seth like that. <laughs> Seth and Jody. <laughs> do, do, do you think? Do you think Dave's ever like like look at that Jody over there? What a bitch! And you're like, what? What do you mean? Why do you keep saying Jody? And it's like, oh, that's what he calls Jedi. That when he when he wants to be an asshole, he calls the Jedi Jody. Well, we don't yeah, know. Well, he why. hangs out with the vets and he likes to pretend he knows what you know. He's in with the in crowd. So. All the titles from Star Wars Celebration are still on the books. Lucasfilm officials say including a historical epic about the early origins of the Force from Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny filmmaker oh. James Mangold. Oh. And a story revisiting <laughs> Daisy Ridley's Rave from director Charmino Bade Chinoy. Upcoming television projects include The Acolyte, set in the High Republic era and a century before the Star Wars story fans encountered in the 1977 original, and Skeleton Crew, a show about a group of long-lost space travelers set sometime after the Empire's defeat and Return of the Jedi. And Sal of the Hut. And then right here we got we got we got look look, look at look at look at Floney's little face. Look at it right there. He's like, oh my god, Ahsoka, you're really real. You're not a cartoon anymore. I got the eyes of a Max Rebo, Jason. <laughs> oh man, you do got the eyes of a Max Rebo. They're just black, black in the darkness. Oh, He's watering it now. You watch out. Hayden will get you. Like, like, well, yeah. uh, sleep look. and relax and watch and text. Uh, he doesn't, they they don't want us to see his Stormcrow badge, so they, they flip it, I think. It's one of those Frankie shirts. You know what I mean? Something, something um, in Frankie. Yeah. Wait, that, that, that one YouTuber who like puts her kids in the basement? That weirdo? Um, yeah, that president one. of Lucasfilm, Kennedy will continue leading the overall company. And Beck's role will involve recruiting other storytellers into the Star Wars fold, while Filoni weighs in on in on a narrative level. So that right there is probably the most important sentence. This is this is this is the part that everyone's going to lose the thread on on purpose. As president of Lucasfilm, Kennedy will continue leading the overall company, and Beck's role will involve recruiting other storytellers into the Star Wars fold, while Filoni weighs in on a narrative level. That's the whole. That's whole. That's the whole article right there. That's the. That's the thesis. You know, of the whole thing. She grooms him. He use him. But I just. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. How I, feel. I know everyone loves Filoni. You know, and I. Lord knows he's bringing endless interest, endless uh, creative, uh, whatever you have on this show. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. on a narrative level, I've. I mean, like. Look at Thrawn. I mean, like he's not—he's not infallible, you know. Like he doesn't well, have every well, one he, of his ideas aren't. He's no, yeah. you know what I mean, Jason. It's like, but but um, on on what we're hearing, once again though, it's like you can overemphasize the importance of Filoni in this and what his new job is. You can like literally like I think it's meant. This is a puff piece designed to make everybody go. Oh, everything's great at Lucasfilm because the guy with the cowboy hat that I know that made the things I like is doing more of that. 
but all he's really doing is being involved in the first day. He's not rewriting other people's fucking movies. He's just going like, oh, okay. He's looking at it. He's just like probably offering fucking comments or, or knows the bigger picture of what they want to do and says like, that's not a good right now. not a good time for this because we're doing this Thrawn thing for it or whatever happens to be. And that's where I don't really think he's going to change the recipe of the, of the pasta. You know what I mean? Like what's going in is still going to be done by the, by those creators just from the very start. They're probably going to end up not having to go like, Oh, this fucks up all of this other, these other ideas, or this is, this is the, this is antithetical to Anakin Skywalker's very being. You shouldn't do it like that. And they might just save a lot of wasted time, but I don't think it's going to change anything. Did he know about the Vespas? No, 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 he said he didn't. Then he looked, yeah. but, he, but he wouldn't look me in the eye when I would ask him about it. Oh, okay. No, I'm, okay. I'm joking. I made that up. But um, yeah. no, no, he, um, yeah, the, 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 everybody was there for the Vespas. Everybody was there that day. Everybody, right. uh, every, yeah, everybody, everybody's guilty. But yeah, it's not going to change that because even what he's saying is, is even before the Vespas, because the Vespas, I heard about the Vespas, wrote about them first. And, um, and the, and they, the N1. Wrote same article about the Vespas and the N1 being in that thing. And, um, you know, until you see it, it's, it's doesn't really matter. And Filoni wouldn't have seen it yet. He, he would be like, hi, I'm this guy named John Favreau. And I have this idea for space Vespas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's how it would start. And then he had to be like, okay, show it to me, you know, but it would, it, it, it just, yeah. So anyways, the actual like issues, um, personally, after sitting with this for a few hours, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that it's a good thing but that it doesn't necessarily save or break or make anything better. Um, solve the perceived problems that fans may have with the current iteration. But, but he would probably be a better rep rep for the fans to like, like let's say when the fucking Lego guys come in to make a Han Solo movie or something. And they're in the early talks about what flies and what doesn't, he's going to have a, he knows us better than, Kathleen Kennedy does like I think he I, I would I would imagine a half of it is that he's around us the fandom the fan base and then the other half is that he belongs in he's part of it so his natural like fan reaction and, and then he has his, probably has his creative reaction uh, mm-hmm. as an expert in his field for what he does and then he you know so I think that as a consultant he's top-notch but I also don't think that consultants necessarily change like what a writer's going to do in the end, you know, and they, he might just ch- just change what the parameters of the project are from, from early on, for instance, that, that's, that's my take, but we'll see. Um, so instead of doing an old ugly Ray, do a hot Ray, right? That's what he would, he would say from yeah, a narrative exactly. level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause we're going to need a big butt shot and I'm just telling you what we'll sell, you know? Hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Though Star Wars has literally thousands of characters populating its various stories, the single greatest touchstone remains Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Two sides of the same individual, one honorable, other deplorable. Ahsoka <laughs> has just dis- what's that? Use the word deplorables. Oh yeah, deplorable. Yeah. Um, Ahsoka was distinctive among Star Wars projects for delving into what it is like for denizens of the galaxy to emerge from the darkness. Ahsoka Tano was his Padawan apprentice, just as in Luke Skywalker, just as Luke Skywalker wondered around, wait, wondered about how much of his own 
nature was inherited from his father. Ahsoka questions in the series whether it's possible to trust, let alone pass on, everything she's learned from the same man. So this is Dawson. She had a very particular idea of him, the Jedi Order, who she was and all of that for a very long time until that image was shattered, Dawson says. The point we graduate to here is, yeah, we did some terrible things. We also did some really great things. And it's always up to you how to choose the direction. She can look back at her own life. She's gone through some hardships that could have been the moment that that turned her dark. She didn't go there. So I think she's starting to trust herself. The series continues an arc from the animated Rebels series set at the beginning of the Galactic Uprising, when Vader was at full power as an Imperial Enforcer and Ahsoka came face to mask with her former mentor. While I had what I had while I had introduced in while I had introduced in Rebels the idea that she came to understand that Anakin had become Darth Vader. Oh, this is supposed to be you. I'm sorry. Oh, I was really... <clears throat> oh, well, I had introduced in Rebels the idea that she came to understand like Anakin and he how Anakin became Darth Vader and all Did that you call stuff. Him Huh? Anaconda, Anaconda again? Yeah, well, you know what I mean? He's really Bill, Jason. You don't know that. But, you know what I'm <laughs> He's like the chunk. I, I never really dealt with the fallout from that, and I still have it. <laughs> That's That's How fair. does that affect somebody when a person that you really admire and look up to turned out to not be the person they thought they were? <laughs> mm. See, talk about John Favreau. You talk uh -oh. about John Favreau, Jason. <laughs> Change your shirt, John Favreau. Change your shirt. <laughs> Are we all just capable of a fall from grace? And what is forgiveness? Oh man, this is the lines he uses to hit on chicks. What shape does that <laughs> does that look like? What does it look like? Did what I take yes the good me on no day? Person? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did I take the good parts of this person with me as well as the bad, or I'm just the good? I thought there'd be a lot of interesting challenges for her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, look at her yeah. face. Like she can't believe she just heard Filoni say that. She's like, <laughs> that's what you he's like. We were hold making? on, I gotta go turn on the Evanescence song right now. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. In five, in episode five of the Ahsoka series, Dawson's character is defeated and nearly killed in battle by a fallen Jedi turned mercenary named Baylin Skull, played by the late Ray Stevenson, who cast her off a cliff into a raging sea. She then goes through what appears to be a near-death experience, transporting her to the liminal known space in Star Wars lore as the world between worlds, where the spirit of Anakin helps guide her through the conflict, roiling inside her. Maybe he's also maybe he's also a warning of what can still happen. But there's that's the, but that's still significant in a positive way if you want it to be, Dawson says. Sorry, I butchered that quote. Um yeah, in many well, ways. Yeah. The character of Ahsoka Tano is growing up along with the fans who first encountered Ahsoka when they were children watching the animated show in the late 2000s. The things she's asked in the Ahsoka series are grown-up questions of legacy and destiny. Is she on the right path? Should she discard her past in order to move forward? Or are flawed things still worth preserving? Should she and, smack around her Padawan for fucking being a snitch? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smack her. Well, there's like like various life stages that people go through, and um, in terms of their their like maturity, and you could actually like look at it. I'm pretty sure he is using this life skill on maturity, and and at that age of around forty, that's when people start caring about 
legacy. That's where they start caring about um, leaving something for the future, that kind of stuff. And so it is kind of, there's kind of smart that he does put her at that moment in that age to start that stuff. But anyways, we were able to, to take a little bit more time to go. Um, what does this feel like? What does this mean? And explore the choices that come from that kind of reckoning, Dawson says. We've seen that when she decided to leave the Jedi Order, we saw that when she walked away from Anakin, there's been pivotal moments. Like this felt like the seminal moment together. This is a different rite of passage. Then, the old Darth Vader part, hating Christensen's return as Anakin. The role between world sequence and Ahsoka opened the door for Christensen to return as Anakin Skywalker, reprising the role of the brash young Jedi he first performed in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. The actor previously came back as the scarred and broken Darth Vader in Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but Ahsoka offered him a chance to visit the character post-redemption which is new on screen. Um, Christensen says he played it with a deliberate sense of uncertainty. This is really him, or is he a figment of Ahsoka's troubled mind? That's the beauty of how the episode is is constructed, in my opinion, the actor says. Inevitably, the audience has to question what it is they're watching. Is this really the world between worlds? What is the world between worlds? Is this actually the spirit of Anakin Skywalker or is this all in Ahsoka's subconscious and we're going down the yellow brick road and she's drowning and fighting for for her life? I think that the episode provides really good clues, but it doesn't spell it out for you. So on that one, he's like stopping. He's stopping right at, at episode five. But we know in that later episode, it might be seven. I can't recall if it was seven or, or the final one, but we see Hayden's ghost actually look yeah it was the final episode we see him actually look to her and that's when we know it was not just a dream oz is real right that seem fair to you yeah yeah yeah. uh filoni prefers to leave the mystery open to interpretation once again there's no fucking mystery here what are you talking about but he defers to lucas as the definitive storyteller on vader um for him the show was about how ahsoka's character dealt with her past rather than continuing the cautionary tale of anakin skywalker as a force ghost my feeling about anakin wait is this christensen my feeling about anakin is that george no this i think this is you man i think this might be filoni my feeling about anakin is that george resolved everything about anakin Hold on, this is deep shit, dude. Hold on. Yeah, like, this is it, man. <laughs> this is your moment. So you I don't think for. I don't think I have anything to do there. I'm not trying to add anything to that. <laughs> like, he says, "What an interview." <laughs> yeah. Good work, Floney. Everything, <laughs> everything Anakin's involved with is about her. It's about her point of view on Anakin. It's about what Anakin taught her. He's it. <laughs> He's there more of an Obi-Wan rule, role that we saw in the old movies. Yeah. By the way. Herstory, right? Herstory. Yeah, Herstory. Um, our All Nights put out a little uh, Obi-Wan theme song like to the show, you know, about yeah. like the chosen one. And it just dawned on me. There's a version of that script where the prophecy isn't the chosen one. It was the chosen one. Right, it meant Obi Wan, but right, and he's and he's from East LA this time. I'm just the chosen one. 
The chosen right. one. If my name was Juan, that would totally be my screen name too. The chosen one. If we have any wands in the audience, we already have we the chosen pun. Talk. You know, come on. Already. Yeah, then and the chosen one, they could fight. Um, who's who's the real chosen one? Still, it's like Storm, suggest- Shadow, and Snake Eyes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, same fucking thing. Who cares? All yeah, right, still, Ahsoka suggests that even after um, Anakin's story was completed, the characters continue a Jekyll and Hyde struggle to maintain his decency with Vader lurking somewhere within. Flashes of Vader lurch out of Ahsoka's visions, or maybe that's just Ahsoka's imagination. There's also an interpretation that the spirit of Anakin intercedes to save her from death, rescuing his old apprentice from her fall in the ocean. There's a lot to unpack, potentially, Christensen says. I was going to play a version of this character I hadn't before, and that was all-knowing, all-powerful Jedi Master who could wield both sides of the Force, light and dark, at will, and maybe has the power to save Ahsoka's life, which also is very interesting because that's the power that he was trying to achieve when he punched himself to the dark side. Damn, that's called Iron Filoni's like, I got a gonzo one of these masks with just the nose. Right. It's all purple and stuff. You should see it. Like it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> what the they were talking about the, on set. In the final shot of the series, the Force Ghost, um the for in the final shot of the series, the Force Ghost of Anakin quietly watches Ahsoka from afar as she speaks with her four sensitive trainee Sabine. Like planets in a solar system aligning, that one shot gives viewers a perspective of three generations of Jedi. Here you go. This is you, man. Anakin, of course, he's there with her. He's always been there with her, and she just couldn't see it. She couldn't feel it. She didn't know. She had isolated herself and made herself alone because she was afraid and stuff. Oh, my God. This is so deep. Now, hold on. I'm writing this down on my trapper key. Hold on. He has done a great deal to alleviate that fear in her. And so there's this moment. I think he's proud of her in the end. He said that she going to do better. She's going to be a better mentor. <laughs> Oh, wow. I debate Force Ghosts with people all the time. <laughs> I debate Force Ghosts with people all the time. Put that on that motherfucker's tombstone. <laughs> what you do with your life? Uh, debate Force Ghosts with people all the time. <laughs> you know, Jason, I was once at Build a Bear and I just couldn't stop arguing about all the force goes. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I debate force goes with people all the time. <laughs> to me, what they are is mainly inspiration. Mm-hmm. You have people in your life that I'm sure have inspired you, and you feel mm-hmm. that all the time. You feel that when you need it. And sometimes they come back in a younger form and stare at you when he's just trying to enjoy a party with some bears. <laughs> sometimes they sometimes they try to watch you when you go and poop and then try to look in your butthole. Sometimes what? they look in the bowl and go, you need more fiber, Dave. And I'm like, you're right. You're right, Anakin. I need more fiber. Oh, man. He is the person for this job, Jason. That's all I can say. <laughs> I, I I miss I misconstrued our time. I thought we were gonna have more, and I have to go because I need to I need to All do something right. with, with with my son. But um, oh man, we will. I think we'll hit the rest of this article <laughs> as long as it lets me read it again. Um, we will. We we're like at the fifty percent mark on it. I think that's the best place to stop because there's absolutely no way I'm gonna be able to finish it today. And there's yeah. a chance we're gonna come back to uh, you know, a little bit of quietness, anyways, after everybody getting everything out before the break. 
So I think we'll, I think we'll definitely have time when we come back. So thanks everybody for, for uh, coming, hanging out with us. Uh, and we, I'm glad we got to end with all the time. I'm glad. See, we got, I love making Star Wars. I just let Dave just keep talking. You know, this is, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a fun year. You know what? <laughs> I mean, just keep promoting the guy because we need more quotes like that. That's important. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, you know, hey, Jedi Mike, have a good Thanksgiving and Pistol Pete and everybody else in the chat. I feel like I got NKG and, and, and Aria. I don't, Aria, I don't think you have Thanksgiving because you're not USA. That's okay, all the way. But everybody have a, have a good holiday. Um, I may come back on tomorrow. Uh, just depends on what what the day looks like, you know. But I want to because I enjoy this new computer that's powered by Tom. You know, powered by Tom's Thanks, computer. Tom. Why is it the sticker up? I it's not up. I just noticed that right now, and I was like, yeah. I was like, why is it not up? I don't know. But we will fix that. Hold on, let me see. Is it is it is it under the brand? like tab like what the what the fuck is going on here mm -hmm. i don't see it there i don't know if like if it's like a theme thing has changed in in the settings on this or what because look because look that's that's there oh wait wait here it is there it is hey. it's back there we go powered by tom's it's computer. way too small that needs to be like twice as big dude like, it's so small <laughs> yeah yeah maybe it just needs yeah. to stay powered by tom's computer you know yeah why I mean? don't we just yeah, yeah like I'll that. make you a bigger one. Yeah, you know what, Tom? You're gonna get. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, everybody, Brandon, have a great holiday. If we, if I don't get, you don't get to watch the show, or we don't get to do another one before it, and uh, you know, have a good time. Don't don't get tricked by Black Friday nonsense. But hopefully, if you if you are spending money, you get something good. I bought Left for Dead two for ninety nine cents to play with my son. We had a good time. Oh, if you got Left for Dead two on the PC for ninety nine cents. Okay, so um. Go get the mod. There's a mod mm -hmm. that lets you play in Disneyland. Oh, really? Yeah, it's so good, oh, dude. Nice. Yeah, it's super dope. You get to go in Walt's apartment the whole bit, dude. It's it's great. I, I'm I'm just tired of of Max always saying bye to Gus and never us. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, Gus is cool, but what about us? You know, that's what we say. But but have a good have a good vacation, man. I'll, I'll text you in a bit, Max. Are you um, guys? And uh, everybody, thank you again. Um, it's been a fun day of Star Wars news, thankfully. It's ridiculous. It's been a roller coaster. I had a good time though. All right, and um any, any Dave Day is a good day for me. Like I've never had a bad Dave Day, you know. Right. Right. I mean, just remember it. I debate force ghosts with people all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Spaceships.